Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast and Videocast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you the latest information for guys before, during, and after divorce. All issues, including COVID-19, as we've been talking about for the last 20 plus weeks, trying to bring you the latest information to assist you in your path as you're going down this road. And today is no different. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, parenting when you're uh, in different states, and that's always a difficult topic, uh, especially when you've got schools and trying to navigate through that. Uh, that's always something of, of particular interest. But before I introduce our guest, I want to talk, as I always do, and that is that this shouldn't be taken as legal advice, right? This is not an attorney-client relationship. I'm not licensed in your state particularly. I have three state licensures, but you know this is a nationwide and worldwide podcast, and so be careful. Our guest is Utah only, and so remember, if you need advice, you need to go ahead and set up a consultation. Obviously, as I've always said, we're available. You can contact us at 866-DADS-LAW or find us on the web uh, at cordellcordell.com. We're available for consultations both telephonically, virtually, using Zoom technology like this, uh, or where appropriate, considering health and safety, we can do it in person as well. But you know, it's one of those things where you want to go ahead and reach out and you want to find out what's best for you, but we'll make... Um, uh, accommodations for you. But do take this information as talking points to educate yourself. Uh, I think that's most important when you're going through divorce, like anything. So let's talk uh, about navigating parenting uh, when your ex lives in a different state. So uh, I'm brought, are joined today by Cordell and Cordell attorney out of Utah. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. So uh, this is a great topic. Haven't touched it one bit. Um, I think probably in week two in our virtual town hall, uh, where we were doing a, a kind of weekly virtual town hall, we talked a little bit about uh, what to do in the face of COVID when someone uh, left the state and how to enforce your rights. But I know that what's uh, your topic is to talk a little bit, which is great, about pre-divorce, like maybe you haven't divorced yet, you're in the middle of a divorce or already divorced, and that those things matter. So really, I guess, start in the pre-divorce phase. You know, how do these guys are watching and listening right now, how do they navigate parenting time when their ex lives somewhere else and yet they haven't started the divorce phase? Yeah, um, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a very kind of um, <clears throat> complicated topic, and it really depends on what phase you're in. So if we're starting with kind of a pre-divorce phase, if you're looking at, you know, planning on getting a divorce and there's a possibility that someone's moving, um, the first thing you have to consider is what are the laws in your state as far as moving? Can you pick up and take the kids? Can, you, can your spouse just take the kids and leave? Um, I've had more than one client call me in a panic saying, she's in the car, what do I do? She's gonna go to her mom's house two states over. Um, and it's, it's really important for you to understand what the law is in your state and be able to protect those rights. Yeah, so, it's huge. Uh, the big thing is everyone says, oh, I've heard of the, you can't relocate. You know, that's always a, you know, what I refer to as the relocation provision and divorces. Some guys are confused and whether that applies to them. But, you know, that is a huge point of, if someone has, I've gotten the phone call, you know, she's left. I don't know where she went kind of thing. So, you know, that's the question. What do they do? Yeah. So um, my, my first advice is take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. And then it depends really if you've already filed for a divorce or not. 
Um, if you have filed, that's great. I always tell my clients, you want to file first. You want to be able to um, kind of control the flow of, of your divorce case. And filing first gives you some more protections that if you haven't filed yet, you might not have under your state. Here in Utah, um, parents have 100% rights to their kids. They each do which gets kind of complicated because that means if there isn't anything filed that a parent can pick up and, and move states. Um, but once, once you have filed, there's a provision in our statutes called the Homestead Rights um, that says as soon as there's a, a petition filed, as soon as there's some kind of you know, family law case running, that neither parent can take those kids away from the home until there's either a um, agreement or there's a, a order from the court. So that really protects your rights from just having someone kind of, you know, one of the spouses take the kids in the middle of the night, move two states over, and then you have to deal with jurisdictional issues. Yeah. That's a big one. I know in Missouri, particularly, they have local rules that as soon as you file, there's these standing orders. Can't remove the child from the jurisdiction of the court, which is not just the state, but the county. Uh, because I can tell you there have been prior to these standing rules that people would take off. They go to a different county. They'd move far away. They would frustrate the process. So I you know, encourage, as you suggest, not only filing, because I'm a big advocate of filing, but only when your divorce is you know, irretrievably broken. You know, it's odd advice from a divorce lawyer who lives on divorce, right? But we, you know, I take it seriously. I just had a consultation with a client. I said, look, I need you to go home, really think about whether your divorce is over or your marriage is over and don't file unless you're ready. But, you know, if you've got something where she's leaving, big advocate because you may be able to implement some standing orders or some statutes that may be in effect. Uh, so I encourage guys to not only do that, but to research their local rules by county and then statewide to see if there's some advantage to kind of give you some protections. You know, it's a band-aid until you can get to court, but at least enforce your rights, right? That's the biggest advice you can have, right? Exactly. And, and part of that enforcement is exactly what you said, knowing what those statutes say and not being afraid to, if, if you have to call the police and make a police report, do that. Um, be ready to give that statute, be ready to, to show your, your petition for divorce. And then also remember that there are interstate laws, compacts, that help bring those kids back um, if, if it's kind of after the fact that you're dealing with it. If someone has already moved and then we are um, trying to get those kids back. Every state has those interstate compacts and, um, you know, it, it, your, your case won't be the first, you know, that, that's something that they know how to deal with and, um, and it's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world if that's, if that's the way we have to go with it. Yeah, there's things you guys may hear, UCCJA, UCCJEA, that's the Uniform Child Custody Jurisdiction Enforcement Act. They kind of, that's the law that sets where's the right place to hear the divorce um, there are some timelines. So we always tell guys, well, I'm going to let her go. I'm going to let her move to Texas. She needs to cool down because that's where her mom is. There's some really tight deadlines within that uh, that allow her to file in the state that she moves to. So you never want to lose jurisdiction. You never want to lose, you know, you're, I always call it driving the bus. You want to be in control. So one of the things that you're watching and listening right now is write down UCCJEA. If you know your, your spouse and the child have moved out of state, that's a really important provision you need to go take a look at. Uh, there's some really tight deadlines that, to enforce your rights as the home state. Those are the key words, home state, uh, that you have. So, but also the, in the compact rules, I've been involved in a case 
where we were, um, we had a mom leave with the child. We registered the, uh, and opened a new case in her state and went and got the sheriff to retrieve the child from a restraining order, uh, or actually what do you call a uh, writ of habeas corpus uh, to get the child and bring the child back. So there are all kinds of relief out there uh, if you're pre-divorced or just filed to get and enforce your parental rights. So let's talk about uh, quickly transition to already divorced and, and how guys face that issue and what they do and kind of the problems they face. Yeah, so if you have, if you already are divorced or already have some kind of um, parent time orders, that could be temporary orders um, or final orders, and either you or your spouse's plan or ex-spouse is planning on moving out of state, um, you have to consider you know, okay, so what are these, what are these new sets of rights that I'm protecting? That always really starts with looking at what kind of custody order you have. And is that something that can continue being out of state? Here in Utah, I, I practice really close to the border, the Idaho border. So a lot of my clients, if they're, if they're moving right across the border, their custody doesn't really have to change at all. There are other states though, that they won't even entertain uh, joint legal custody if parents live in two different states. So you have to look at those rules and you can't just say, well, it's, you know, it's only 50 miles from my house, but if it's a completely different state, you, you have to look at, at what that means as far as your joint custody or sole custody arrangement. So does the label matter? So I'm, I'm, I'm a, when I say joint custody, joint physical custody, obviously the legal matters, guys are saying, well, I have joint physical custody. She can't move. I mean, Maybe I've always said they are labels and, and the devil's in the details, right? You have to pull out your decree and read what it says. Exactly. So um, in Utah, we just had a law change in, in relevance to this. Um, you know, the statute says that, that you just have to give these 60 day notice rules, the kind of the, the normal notice rules if you're moving out of state. However, um, the Supreme Court just ruled that if you have joint custody, um, that just notice is not going to be enough. There has to be a modification in your case. And so knowing that is, is really helpful because um, that kind of gives you the power if you're, not the, if you're not the parent moving to start that modification and again, control the flow of how that modification is going to go. Does it matter across state lines or is it, you know, across the street, down the street, you know, guys need to be concerned both ways. If they want to relocate, you know, do they have Absolutely. to take action? Absolutely. So um, you, you, you start with your own decree. That's, you know, that's the law for you and your ex. Um, some people's decrees say there needs to be a modification if they move 15 miles. Um, in Utah, the law is 150 miles or out of state, um, unless your decree is more specific than that. So I always encourage people, you know, look at what your decree says first, then look at those statutes. Um, and we can figure out if it's a modification that needs to be done. I, I tell my clients, be prepared to work through the whole modification process. Um, you don't want to concede having your children move states unless you've considered really all the ramifications of what that's going to mean for your parent time. And never, and never ever agree to a, a change of residence uh, without going to court in writing, right? Meaning, Absolutely. oh yeah, she can leave and we have an agreement. I love that. A, an agreement that never seems to work at some point when someone gets angry, but she was supposed to bring the kids back every weekend, but now she's angry, but she agreed to it, right? even though the court didn't sign off on it. 
Right. And, and that kind of takes me to, to the next point is thinking about all these ramifications of what happens to your parent time if the two of you live in, in two different places. And I think the biggest thing to consider is how are we co-parenting when we live down the street? Are we, you know, are we good co-parents? Are we work, be, are we working well together? Because I tell my clients, the further you are apart, the harder it's going to be to co-parent. And so that's a huge consideration when you're looking at moving or looking at letting your ex move and, and potentially take the kids is, how is this gonna strain, first of all, our co-parenting relationship? For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. So one of the things I think that when you look at the questions and the ramifications, you know, guys think, well, she's moving. I'm never going to see them again. There's a lot of ways to really structure a parenting plan uh, around holidays, around summers, uh, around long weekends, right? That, that, you know, albeit, right, that you're not going to see them that one night a week um, and maybe not every other weekend, but you can get and build significant amount of time if you, this is something of interest to allow them to go, right? You can kind of structure a parenting plan that gives you eight of the 12 weeks in the summer or something like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's one of the nice things about doing a modification when someone is moving. You're going to have to change the way you do parenting. It can't be, you know, every other week even. Um, but you can get really creative, it can be, okay, is someone going to do the school year and someone's going to do the summer? Is someone going to have long weekends? How are we going to split up holidays? Um, I've, I have a couple of clients who are really creative. Their kids are homeschooled, and so they can go kind of month on, month off as they both homeschool their children. Um, so how are you going to accommodate those visits that are really in your children's best interest? Yeah. I think in COVID, so, it, as bad as COVID is, it's provided us a lot of opportunities to be the creative as you suggested. So with a lot of schools around the country going virtual only for the fall, it does set up the potential that they can really be in school from wherever. That's always been the problem from the judiciary, from the bench, that they really can't be effective in school and go visit dad during the week. Now, or go visit mom, they may live 50, 60 miles apart. You just go week on week off. I mean, I think COVID, is a great excuse and a great example to take advantage of it right now. Uh, and I think that's the way to be creative as you suggest. Yeah, it's definitely a silver lining. Um, I, I also encourage my clients, you know, what are ways that you can build those relationships with your children when you're not physically with them? You know, is that a phone call a day? Is it video chats? Is it playing online games with them? What are those other ways that you can connect so that you're not losing, because you will go significant amounts of time without seeing them if you're across the country. There's really no, you know, whether, they're, whether you're the primary parent or the other parent is, there's going to be those big chunks of time. So really, you gotta be creative in the ways that you find ways to connect with your children. Yeah, and as we get near the end of our time, there's a couple things I think that 
um, I always talk about that it depends on your state. I call them springing custody orders, meaning that uh, you may want to accommodate potential changes as you in your agreement as the child gets older you may have a, a child who's in grade school in the early years k through three or four your visitation your exchange may look vastly different than it may be grades five through eight and then nine through twelve there are certain states they don't allow springing support orders, but they do allow springing custody orders, which means save money on attorney's fees, try to anticipate the changes, right? We don't want you coming back and spending money. So let's think long about what the future may look like. You may have to come back anyway, but you know that's one thing and I want you to comment on that. And then secondly, or lastly, um, pandemic provision. One of the things that I've been telling clients is, now this is the new normal, we need to think about a pandemic provision and what that means, that's, you know, that the pandemic doesn't stop custody, the pandemic doesn't mean you can cease it absent some medical you know, requirement, that each parent is obligated to exchange custody in a safe manner, you know, finding a location to do so, finding a method and means of transportation, those types of things. So get you to comment on that and then we can wrap up our segment today. Absolutely. So it's it's so important for, for them to consider what does custody with two parents in two different states look like for a four-year-old versus my 16-year-old, right? Because my 16-year-old is going to have a lot of opinions about spending his summer in a different state, as opposed to a four-year-old who's definitely more flexible. Um, you also have to think about the travel, because a travel for a four-year-old is going to be much harder than the travel for a 17-year-old. Yeah. So maybe for the four-year-old, it's bigger time, you know, bigger chunks of time because it's, they're more flexible. And for the 17-year-old, it's quicker amounts of time because they can travel more often. Um, and then going into the, the pandemic provision, I think that's a great idea with these types of situations. Um, you know, we have been, had to be very cautious. We have to follow exactly our, um, what our courts are putting out as far as what their guidelines are for parent time. Um, but it's, it's really helpful for those parents to know that that can't be an excuse to not facilitate parent time. Um, even if your state's away, you have to find that safe way to do it um, because you are entitled to that parent time. Or is it, you know, you agree as co-parents that you're going to put this on pause for a second and make up that parent time later. It's really, it's really important to remember, you know, you have the control over what that parent arrangement looks like and you have to be keeping that best interest of the child in mind. Yeah. And I think kind of as you, as you talk about all these ideas, these possibilities and I think our theme has always been while all hope seems lost and every issue relating to divorce and modification parenting time support there's a potentially likely a solution and we can be creative right mm -hmm. and so I encourage guys and as we wrap up today um, this really is kind of the, the, the idea that you need to consider consulting with an attorney when you have issues like that because there's a way to solve the problems that you have there's some creative solutions to it so great stuff given that information to guys thanks for joining us today and appreciate your time on this really important topic especially in COVID-19 thanks Scott so as always we'll continue to bring you some information for guys before during and after divorce tune into this podcast twice each week well, we do that uh, coming up next week 
Uh, and once every month, we have a virtual town hall where you'll be able to join the panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys from around the country, including around the world with our solicitors in the UK. And you can ask questions live and get answers from that panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys. So to get more information and more importantly, to register for that virtual town hall, go to CordellCordell.com or check us out uh, on social media uh, and Facebook as well. So until next time, have a great week.